Good morning, everyone. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you, and that God uh, watches over you as we continue on in this, uh, or rather, this is the last uh, sermon on uh, 40 days of prayer. Every time I come up here, I still feel very, very nervous. <laughs> but at the same time, I thank God for the privilege to be able to share God's word. Because whenever I prepare, I think God is speaking to me personally. And at note, the topic for today is turning Singapore Godward. The first thought that comes into my mind, what does it really mean? How does it look like? And then if you have followed the 40 days of prayer, uh, different pastors, uh, different ministry workers actually shared with us their, their view of it. And there are so many other, there's so many things that we can do. There's so many things that uh, we can consider. So I decided to uh, look to um, Pastor Jeff Chong. Okay, Pastor Jeff Chong right, is the senior pastor of Hope Singapore and he's also the chairman of uh, Love Singapore this year after taking over from Pastor Lawrence Kong. Okay, on the first day of the 40 days prayer, he pointed out that the growth of Christians in the last decade from 2010 to 2020 has slowed down significantly. There is coming probably about only growth about 0.6%. He is concerned that if we don't do anything about this by 2030, we might have a, a negative growth, first time in Singapore history. That will be the first actually in Singapore if we there's nothing done on it. Hence, Pastor Jeff reminded us that God's heart is for the lost and for the hopeless in this world. He challenged the follower of Jesus in Singapore not just to live for their own life and their own uh, world, uh, but to rise up to the, challenging, the challenge of capturing the, grace of, the gracious heart of God, letting God's light shine in and through us for Singapore to see Jesus. Thus, turning Singapore Godward is the uh, topic. And then, as I was preparing this, I was reminded also of uh, Pastor Boon Singh's uh, sermon uh, shared with us last week. And in his sermon about blessing the nations, seeing the world through the eyes of Jesus, he challenged us to have a passion like Jesus for the lost. So, for there are many departing from God due to the depravity of sin, and without the gospel of Jesus Christ, their destiny is hell. So, you know, many people misunderstand that God wants to punish and wants to send people to hell. I don't know, have you ever heard before some people say that? That God is just, you know, He's up there and He just wants to send people to hell. The Bible says that, right, this is not so. It's not true at all. God does not want any to go to hell. In fact, He doesn't want, He doesn't desire on anyone to perish. But without the good news, without Jesus, being shared to them in the people's life, hell will indeed be the final destiny for many. So turn Singapore Godward. So to turn Singapore Godward, we are to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all. The solution is simple. So let's all do it. Just go and share the gospel. That's it. 
This is what I want to say today. The sermon is over. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding, okay. Uh, but maybe this is, maybe is a good point to end, right? <laughs> Just do it. But when I was considering this, right, there are many questions that uh, lingers in my heart. You know, the question of turning Singapore Godward. Does it mean that the church in Singapore are not already, aren't we already doing this? Are we not turning Singapore, are we, are we not like reaching out to people? Are there not enough programs, events, evangelistic meeting, organized by different churches and organizations, Christian organizations to win the loss? Are we not doing enough? If we are already doing so, what more can we do to turn Singapore Godward? Or is it more of a heart issue? I wonder. So honestly, right, I really struggle. I struggle to believe that, right, turning Singapore Godward is possible. Okay, although we here for the past almost 40 days, that's my struggle. With the insurmountable challenges in today's world, for example, the work and accounts, uh, the cancer culture, where we need to be careful what we say online, lest we get cancelled. The challenge of affluence, which gives us the idea that we don't need God. And our society has become more and more secularized, where more people are choosing to be non-religious. And on top of that, Christians living lives that are giving a bad testimony to Christianity, to Christ. There's a lot as I think about it. So, during one of my uh, annual dinner gathering with my ex-colleagues, uh, Air Force colleagues, a few years ago, we found that one of my Air Force colleagues is actually going through a divorce. She was very sad. And her husband, uh, the reason why there was a divorce because her husband actually was caught in a bed due to uh, uh, his unfaithfulness. He claimed to be a Christian. He goes to church, even though she's not. But after sharing this, knowing that I'm a Christian, right, she turned around and looked at me. Why Christian are that one? You know what? I was really embarrassed. I was speechless. Yeah, I don't know what to say to her. Because I feel her hurt. I feel her betrayal. So there are many more embarrassing and negative examples that we all know. That did not reflect rightly on who Jesus is. But like it or not, you know, the world is looking at us. How we live our life. And our life is a so-called a window to our non-believing friends about who Jesus is. With some of these challenges, I find myself doubting the possibility of turning Singapore Godward. But God impressed upon my heart that if I view from a human perspective, it is an impossible task. But the Gospel account of feeding the 5,000 reminds me that with God, all things are possible if we trust Him. Only God can turn Singapore Godward. For it is God's plan to redeem and to reconcile humanity back to Him. And this work was accomplished through the life, death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. He has paid the ultimate sacrifice for all humanity. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do I believe this? Do you believe this? My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe that turning Singapore Godward starts with us. If we as God's people called by His name do not live out the gospel in our life, if we do not turn to God ourselves, then we can't expect others, our loved ones, our friends, and others under our influence to follow. We need to repent and turn back to God ourselves. So our passage for today, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 11-16, to says, let me read. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land to send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be opened and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. So the context is the Lord's response to King Solomon's prayer during the dedication of the temple. In chapter 6, you read chapter 6. King Solomon recognized that God's people would one day sin against God. So in chapter 6, right, paint all the scenario, and the last part it says that, right, God, if they continue to sin against you, please forgive them when they turn back to you. Okay? And 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 11 to 16, is God's response to King Solomon and says that, right, I will answer your prayer. I will forgive them. Uh, when they turn back, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Now, with us, Jesus is our atoning sacrifice. We can turn to him. We have the same assurance that God, in fact, even more, that God gave to King Solomon. In First John 1.9, it says that, right, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is the confidence that we can have from God because of what Jesus has done for us. So as we consider turning Singapore Godward, starting with us, let us consider two points as people of God. One, God's people need to know the gospel. We need to know the gospel. God's people, number two, God's people needs the gospel daily. We ourselves need the gospel. Point one, God's people needs the gospel. From Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen b to sixteen, we need to uh, know that the gospel is God's plan to save the lost. It's for all of us. 
because we're all lost. We all sin against God. He says that, Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my, eye, my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes are my, and my heart will always be there. It is always God's desire to forgive and to reconcile sinners to himself. From these verses, the good news, the good news, the gospel, is that God wants and desires to forgive our sins and heal our relationship with him. It is in God's character to forgive, to reconcile sinners to himself. In fact, right, if you continue to read that, I mean, this other verse with regards to uh, verse 15 and 16, it shows that God is like, yes, I will be looking at the temple. When you pray, I will forgive. Is ready to forgive. It is God's character to forgive. He is a gracious and compassionate God. Joel 2.13 says, Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamities. And continue on 2 Peter 3.9. Says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It is God's heart to redeem humanity so that one day God and man can dwell again together. The gospel is also we must recognize that the gospel is part of God's plan since the beginning. At the start of the year, I share with us from Old Testament scholar Dr. Christopher Wright his six stages of God's big story. He sees the Bible as one big single story of God redeeming humanity. Let me just quickly just take a look at the picture, if you still remember. This is the picture, six stages. Creation, fall, promise, gospel, mission, and new creation. And if you read cover to cover the Bible, this is what you will realize and found and find. But today, right, we will be focusing on the gospel and the mission. Okay. In stage four, the gospel is the climax of God's big story. Okay, the stage four, God's big story. In Mark, Jesus says, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus is the fulfillment God promises in scripture. And through him, God put all things right again and inaugurated the kingdom of God on, on earth through his death and resurrection. So that God again can dwell with men. The gospel is all about Jesus, the son of God, Jesus Christ. Then we come to stage 5, mission. Okay, because after Jesus come, so, I mean, he, 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 he died, he resurrected, and he ascended. But his call for his people, his follower, is to reach out to the nations, to share this good news. And this cannot be done by human effort. In fact, he promised that the, he will send his Holy Spirit, the helper, to enable, to empower us to share the gospel. So God poured out his promised Holy Spirit to Jesus' disciples, enabling them to bear witness of the gospel to the end of the earth. 
And it is still continuing to today. As believers of Jesus, our mission is still the same as the first disciples. We are to participate in God's mission of bringing and blessing and the south of bring the blessing and salvation to all nations, turning people Godward. We are now living in stage five. All of us going to the final stage, which is the new creation. So in one sense, the reminder, reminder that right, whatever they were going through, the day will come, everything will end, and we look forward to dwell together with God. And many of our friends will not come. So if you read the Bible cover to cover, like I said, you will show that this is the essence of God's big story. From six stages, we can clearly observe that God has a plan for humanity's redemption. And the gospel at stage 4 was intentionally set up by God in history. The gospel was not God's plan B to fight fire because Adam and Eve decided to sin. It is always God's desire to redeem and reconcile his creation back to him. But when we say the gospel is all about Jesus, what does it mean? The gospel is Jesus' redemptive work to bring us to God. At the end of the day, what Jesus do or did on the cross is not just for his own sin, but rather right at the end is to turn us back to God. To bring us back to God. Pastor and scholar, pastor, scholar and theologian, uh, Dr. Uh, John Piper described the gospel as something in history that God did for us before we contribute anything. And now by faith, we receive forgiveness and justification when we believe in what Jesus has done for us and to bring us to God. Because sometimes we stop at, oh, Jesus has done for you, you are forgiven, you are free to live your life, you have all the freedom, and then we start to do our own things and we stop there. You think that the gospel is a ticket to heaven. You think that Jesus died for us so that we don't need to go to hell. That's it. But rather, Jesus died for us so that we can come to God. We can have a relationship with Him. <clears throat> so 1 Peter 3.18 reminded that Christ suffered once the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. The gospel is God's gracious gift of Jesus Christ for all people to turn back to Him. Now in uh, April this year, I uh, don't know, some, some of you may have heard my story before, the Lord gave me an amazing opportunity to share the gospel to this person called Mr. Lim, he's an elderly man who was terminally ill. I did not know him and have never met him before. But when the invitation was given to pray and to share Christ with him, I was compelled by the Holy Spirit and took up the courage to go. It's the first time I'm doing these things, right? Should I go? Should I not? Should I go? Yeah, but God says, go. Do it. Honestly, I did not know what to expect and there was a lot of fear and anxiety. But I just went with the trust that the Holy Spirit would lead me and would give me the words to say. So when I arrived at the ICU unit, I think Mr. Lim was conscious and awake, but he was very weak. There was a tube in his mouth so he cannot really speak. So I go in, right? He was surprised to see somebody because he wasn't expecting anybody. All his relatives wasn't around. Okay. And I introduced myself and shared that uh, one of his distant relatives have uh, asked uh, our church to 
come and share and to pray for him. And I asked him permission to pray and to share the gospel to him. He agreed. And I prayed for him and asked God to heal him physically and spiritually. You know, I, I also asked him, have you heard the gospel before? I mean, he can't talk. He just nodded his head. So, okay, so at least it's not the first time. Okay. So, and after I prayed, right, I shared the gospel with him uh, and asked him whether he understood what I shared with him. And he nodded his head. Okay. I asked him whether he wanted to invite Jesus to come uh, into his life. And I was shocked when he nodded his head. No, I was like, maybe just now he coughed and not his head, right? So, I say, better ask again. You understand, ah? Uh? Uh, confirm you uh, want to uh, receive Jesus into your life and he nodded his head. So, I asked, so I took the opportunity. I asked him to... Uh, say the sinners he can't say, so I say it out, and in his heart he can just repeat. God can hear him. Okay. And after he he said that, I affirm his faith and say that if you truly believe in Jesus in your heart, you are a child of God now. There is no need to fear. Then there are other things that I'm not going to share, but because just that all the or sharing of the gospel, talking about singing song for him and all these things. But at the same time, when I come out of the ICU, right, I was reflecting that, oh, what have just happened? Because just like, it's all, everything is a blur. It's like, come out, oh, what happened? Don't know. So as I reflect on this, what happened, right, Mr. Lim was a total stranger to me, you know. He's, I, this is the first time, I, I mean, I, when I first saw him, I thought was the first time. And I did not feel anything for him at all. It's just because God compelled me to go, so I go. But to God, he loves Mr. Lim and had a compassion on him for he was lost in his sin for 75 years. Many have reached out to him, but he has rejected. He was a precious soul in God's eyes. God does not desire for him to perish, but for him to come to repentance. It is God's heart to seek and to save the Lord. So it was my honor to witness God's compassion for the loss. I did not, I did nothing except for being a willing vessel used by God to turn a lost soul back to Him. We need to know that the gospel is God's redemption plan for humanity. Without the gospel, without Jesus Christ, humanity has no hope. It is always God's heart to reach out to the lost. So praise the Lord for Mr. Lim's salvation. Nevertheless, not everyone will come to receive Jesus at the last hour like Mr. Lim. For the majority of us who receive the gospel into our life at a young age and with a healthier body, what is next for us? We are called to live out our lives as God's redeemed people or people whose lives are in line with the gospel message. People whose life exhibit the values and the character of King Jesus. A life that reflects the life of Jesus living in us. So when our friends see us, who do they see? Our old self? Or do they see Jesus? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are we living the life that reflects Jesus? In other words, are we living the gospel life in us daily? So how can we live our life that reflects Jesus? To turn Singapore Godwards, it starts with us. God's people needs the gospel daily. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 to 14a. Every day we need the power of the gospel in our life to change us to become like Jesus. 13 to 14a says, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen to place this place for myself as a temple for sacrifice. And I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God's people need to connect with God daily. So when I prepare, when I, especially when I'm preparing the second point, it is a, a, a reminder and at the same time God telling me uh, specific things that I need to be watchful for. We need to spend time with God daily to connect with Him so that we can live a transformed life for Jesus in this world. Without spending time, without living with Him or being with Him every day, we will just slip into, back into our old self. Jesus says to His disciples in Luke 9.23, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny himself themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Believing and following Jesus is a daily affair. Even for Jesus' disciples at the point of time. What about us? Even more. And First John 2.6 says, This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus lived. Or Jesus did. Christians are called to be like Christ, to be like Jesus, reflecting a life that is redeemed by Him, His value, and His character in our life. But our old self is hard to kill, right? As long as we are alive in this body, we are prone to sin against God and return back to our old life of sin. Without our daily reminder of God's love, grace, forgiveness, in Jesus during our time with the Lord, it will be easy for us to turn back. It will be easy for us to turn away from God our lives will not be any different from the rest of the world. So the gospel, the gospel, if we leave it out, we spend time with the Lord, transform our life through our daily repentance. So that when we come to the Lord, the Lord reveals things to us, we repent. For us to have a life transformed to be like Jesus, we need to return to God by humbling ourselves, pray, seek His face, and turn from our wicked ways. And the Lord will do things in our heart. God's promise that as we discussed, as we discussed in point one, is that right? He will hear our prayer, forgive our sins, and heal our land, or heal us, as we return, as we turn back to Him. Romans 12 says, do not conform any pattern to this do not conform to the pattern of this world, 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is in good, easy, and perfect will. But what are the things in this world that we need to be aware of? That we might that we will not be conformed to it. There are many things. There are many things individually, differently, different things that lure us away from God. But for myself, as I think about myself, as I prepare this, I would like to just share two areas that I find myself find struggling with. And if you identify with me, you are not alone. Firstly, delighting in the Lord. There are many times that I struggle to find delight in the Lord, to find joy in relating and serving Him. I remember in my younger days when I find more passion, delight and joy in doing God's things, doing things together. Oh, chong ah! Stay up late, do things, reach out to, reach out to my friends, tell them about who Jesus is, with passions. Excited and amazed by God's work in my own life. But as I grow older, I found that my delight in the Lord gradually faded. I started to take my relationship with God for granted. Having the attitude of been there, done that. I already know it. Being distracted by the cares of this world, enticed by what the world offers, rather than fixing my eyes on Jesus, on the good news, on goodness of God. God, by His grace, showed me that I have slipped back to my old self of loving the world rather than loving God. In 1 John 2, 15-16, my ask that do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. My old self is well and alive. And it's not like, okay, today I made the decision that I'll kill my old self and that's it. Next day will be sweet. Rather, it is a constant reminder of a daily walk with him. And God needs to reveal my sin, my old self, every day to me. So I need to die and to myself daily to turn back to God. What about us? I believe so. Do you find yourself loving the world rather than loving God? Return back to God. By humbling yourself, pray, seek God's face and turn from our ways, our own wicked ways. Pray and ask God that we will not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, giving us a renewed love and a delight for Him daily through Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can do that. By our own, it is impossible. Secondly, I find that I struggle with a life governed by religion rather than the gospel. It is something that I've read from pastor and theologian, the late Timothy Keller, mentioned that there are three ways that we can relate with God. Religion, e-religion, gospel. He said it is easy to identify people who live in the religious life 
as they reject God's law and they live their life as they see fit. The difficult one is to differentiate the religion life and the gospel life. As outwardly they look the same, but inwardly they are worlds apart. I pick out a few sentences that summarize the differences between a life governed by religion and a life governed by the gospel from Timothy Keller's book, Gospel in Life. Take a look at the statement and see which is true about your life. Okay, on your left side is the religion life, the right side is the gospel life. Religion life says, I obey, therefore I am accepted. Gospel says, I am accepted, therefore I obey. Religion life says, Motivation is based on fear and insecurity. Gospel life says, Motivation is based on a grateful joy in God. Religion says, I obey God in order to get things from God. Gospel says, I obey God to get God, to delight in Him and to resemble Him. Religion says, When Circumstances in my life go wrong. I am angry at God or myself since I believe that anyone who is good deserves a comfortable life. But the gospel says, when circumstances in my life go wrong, I struggle, but I know all my punishment fell on Jesus and that while God may allow this for my training, he will exercise his fatherly love within my trials. And lastly, Religion. My prayer life consists largely of petition and is only heated up when I am in time of need. My main purpose in prayer is control of the environment. Whereas the gospel says, My prayer life consists of generous stretches of praise and adoration. My main purpose is fellowship with God. So, which describe you the best? Religion or gospel life? Yeah, honestly, I believe all the statement on the gospel life. I believe all the statement column, but my life exhibit more on the religious life. That's why I find myself. Yeah, I totally agree. But then, when I think about it, when I live my life daily, it seems to be that way—a religious life. Timothy Keller, why is it so? Because Timothy Keller quoted from um, the reformer Martin Luther that religion is the default mode of human heart. So therefore, even after our conversion, unless we intentionally choose the gospel life, we will naturally revert back to operating in religious principle. He also concluded that a life governed by religion is the basic the basis cause of our spiritual failures, uncontrolled emotion, conflict, lack of joy, and ministry ineffectiveness. We believe the gospel at one level, but at deeper level, we continue to operate as if we are saved by our words. Dear brothers and sisters, if you are like me, if you are struggling with this, return to God. Repent by humbling yourselves. Pray. Seek God's face 
and turn from our wicked ways. God will hear from heaven, forgive us, and transform us more like Jesus when we surrender to Him. There are many more things in our life that can distract us or lure us away from God, but just from the above two areas that we struggle, it's clear that we need the gospel daily. Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, we will be transformed to be more like Jesus. If we turn to Jesus daily, and then our experience with Jesus will be hard for other people to see what Jesus is like, who Jesus is in life. So in conclusion, The gospel of Jesus Christ is the key to turn Singapore Godward. For it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. It is in God's heart and desire to redeem humanity from sin and death. And the gospel is God's answer. Only God can save and turn people back to Him. For us who have experienced His grace, His grace, and called by His name, he commands us to preach, to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are his vehicle of blessings to the nations. Hence, turning Singapore Godward is God's heartbeat. It, it must start with us. I say again, turning Singapore Godward is God's heartbeat. And it must start with us. We need to turn back to him. And we turn back to him by knowing the gospel ourselves that it is God's plan of redemption for humanity. That he desired none to perish, but to forgive. And he wants sinners to return back to him. That the gospel is God's plan all this while from the beginning. And it is his redemptive work. Jesus is redemptive work on the cross that brings us back to God. And point two, God's people need the gospel daily because we recognize that we do, we too need the gospel daily for our transformation to be like Jesus. So we need to connect daily with the Lord. Connect in His life. And we need, as we got, as the Lord, review things that we need to repent. Allow us to have a humble heart and willing to seek His face and turn back to Him. That the gospel transformation will transform my life through my daily repentance. In response, by now we should realize that the turning, turning Singapore Godward or turning ourselves Godward is an impossible task. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do. <clears throat> if you just read 40 days of uh, prayer and you just go through again, there are many people who share about different things that we can do. But I think first, it could be a hard issue that we need to come back to God first. Then, doing all those things is no longer a chore or it's difficult. Turning ourselves God work is definitely impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Thanks to God. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 to 27 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove <coughs> from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move 
you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. The Holy Spirit in us will be the one who will be doing your deep work in our life. Let us take some time before the Lord to respond to Him after what you have heard. Pray that the Holy Spirit will remove your heart of stone and give you a new heart, a heart of flesh that will move you willingly to yield God and turn back to Him to have a renewed relationship with Him today. Let's take some time to respond to the Lord. The Lord calls you to turn back to Him today. Respond to Him today. If you are walking the opposite way, turn back now. Because that is the only right way to be. If He has revealed any sin that is in our life, repent, confess. And we have the assurance that He will forgive because Jesus has already died on the cross for us. Before we sing the response song, if any of us here today has rededicated your life back to the Lord, or turn back to Him, I would like to pray for you. Let us pray. Almighty God, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, forgiving sin, and even rebellion. You are God who do not desire any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy for all humanity, for us, for those who respond, and for those we are speaking to, hugging in our hearts. I pray, O oh God, that you will remove the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. For them, for those who have asked for a heart of flesh, Lord, I know it is your desire to give the Holy Spirit work in them. Thank you, God, for Jesus that we can turn to Him. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the gospel that we can turn to you every day. We need the gospel daily, Lord. And for Singapore to turn Godward, Lord, it starts from us. Help us, O God. It's only you who can do a deep work, who can change our heart, who can change the people of Singapore towards you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>